Have you ever felt like there isn't enough time in the day or like you don't have time to take care of your well-being and build your dream? Or maybe you felt like it's impossible for you to go to work and still build that business that you envision at the same time. Well, so have we. And this is why we decided to make this podcast. This podcast is not just for PTs, OTs, MDs, or RNs. It's for everyone in healthcare. Our mission is to inspire you to make healthcare a better place and to build your business or brand through stories and real-life examples of some of the top leaders and entrepreneurs in healthcare. There's no better time than now. Welcome to Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast. Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock Podcast. As always, I am your co-host, Carl Bourne Jr., and I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Paulo Ching. Paul, say what's up to the people. What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? I hope y'all are staying safe and healthy and uh, washing your hands. Crazy out here. Yes, it is. It is. So, guys, today, of course, again, we have another special guest for you. We have a young up-and-coming mogul who is crushing it. She actually, guys, it it is 3 p.m. right now as we're recording, and it is 3 a.m. where she is. So that just goes to show how amazing she is for hopping on the podcast at such an ungodly hour (laughs) to record with us. But without further ado, guys, I want to introduce our guest for today, Miss Luis Sandoval. Luis, thanks so much for hopping on. How are you? I am good. And, you know, no worries in hopping on in an ungodly hour. I am, by the way, all the way from the Philippines, which is, I think, 12 hours ahead of you guys. It's actually Tuesday here now in the Philippines, and I'm still alive and really hyped up to be on this episode. Thank you. So let's go ahead. Let's hop into it. So tell everybody what it is that you're involved in. What is it that you do? So I think I wanted to start about telling my story. So as you all know, I was supposed to be a healthcare professional. I graduated as a laboratory scientist and I, and I wanted to go to medical school, but we don't have the money and um, it's really hard here in the Philippines. Then I went on to being a virtual assistant, you know, where I used to write blogs for clients in the U.S. And then from then on, 2015, I met Greg Todd. He's a top healthcare coach and mentor. And then now I am the CEO and the co-founder of Smart Virtual. Wow. So first, let me say the whole smart virtual staff and the whole virtual aspect of like having a virtual team and stuff. Honestly, that was something I knew nothing about prior to like meeting GT, you know, and being exposed to that. And I was like, wow, that's that's such an amazing concept to have for someone to be able to delegate things to a virtual team that allows you to kind of put more focus and more emphasis into your business. So talk to us a little bit about that. You graduated laboratory scientist. You wanted to go into med school, but you started writing blogs for companies over here in the U.S. And when was it that you it kind of clicked in your head? Like, you know, I think I want to do my own thing. I think I can build something of my own. Talk to us about that process. 
Sure. So it actually started with Greg's students as well. So um, when Greg launched his program, so he had the students and I was just working alone for him. It didn't give in to me to start an agency right away. So while I was working for him, a lot of people were asking, Greg, how do you even do a lot of this stuff? So he said, that I have my own team in the Philippines. And people got curious. So they keep on asking me if I can work for them, but I can serve that many people. You know, you can serve many kings at the same time. So I proposed to Greg, Greg, you know, I can't really leave you alone or like I can't leave you high and dry and then just go to another person and work for them. So I proposed to him that how about we help these people and teach them how to delegate? Because if you are teaching people how to be entrepreneurs, you need to also teach them how to delegate and, you know, create a, a team of their own without having to cost so much money, especially that you're starting up as entrepreneurs. So that is where we got the concept. And right now I'm still working for Greg and we still have a lot of team working for other healthcare entrepreneurs as well. I also want to just kind of point out just how impactful that's been. So I do think, and you know, for the listeners, um, take note of this, just because me, myself, and my own, my own business, we've been blessed enough to have Luis's team work on a bunch of our stuff. And honestly, like even this morning, we had stuff that was done, you know, just thinking about just the efficiency of it. Part of it, I love it because like when I go to bed, I just know when I wake up in the morning, like there's going to be something done ready in there. And I'm not spending a ton of time doing stuff that one, I, I can't do. And then two, I'm not wasting time or money. Your team is legit. It is solid. And all the work you guys do is phenomenal. So I, I, I need to put that in there for the listeners, just so understand that if this is coming more from like... I didn't mean to cut you off, but also I want you to realize our podcast, the logo for our podcast, who created that logo? <laughs> Luis's team made that logo. Who created that logo? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> for this podcast, your team made yeah. this logo. Yeah, I just wanted to take a moment, start off with that, give you some shine. So my first question from my side just becomes, even when you went to setting it up, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with trying to understand like how to get that drive. Because coming out of school, like you set it up in a way that you knew your life needed to be different. But what is it that at the very beginning pushed you past that excited honeymoon phase of being an entrepreneur? Because I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, and it's almost sad, where I see a lot of people, they'll start and then they'll go to that honeymoon phase of like, oh, I have a business. This is exciting. And then everything that starts going wrong starts going wrong or things get hard. So how did you push yourself past that phase to get where you are? I see. That is a really good question. Back in, uh, when we tried to set it up in 2016, I tell you, systems and processes were there. I was so excited. Like, oh yeah, I'm coming up with an agency. Finally, I'm going to be working with a lot of clients. I'm going to be helping a lot of people get jobs online. But then it fell off that I was, I'm not sure if I was ready or I was just, you know, I was just too excited for that honeymoon phase. So I got overwhelmed with all the things that I need to do. I needed to set up my systems. I needed to set up my processes. I need to set up my marketing everything I was doing alone because I can have Greg do that. He's, he, he assigned me to be the CEO and I have to be the CEO, the COO, the CFO. I have to be everything. <laughs> so from that on, we had a lot of failures. So I tell you, we only had three clients and then this client would cancel and I didn't even know how to make sales. 
And the number one thing that was lacking to me was selling myself or selling the services that we do. So last year, actually, uh, I'm not sure if you saw uh, one of Greg's live. He said that how smart virtual staff went to 200% in 2020. So the, I figured it out that I don't have to do all things alone. And what pushed me was if I do this, if I push this out and not give up, even though we've had a lot of cancellations, we even have one client who almost, you know, badmouthed us to the entire marketing groups that I am in. There were a lot of struggles at an end. I almost gave up, actually. I almost gave up. But Greg has pushed me and told me that this is a really great idea. We just have to reformat the systems. We just have to make sure that, you know, processes are in place. And I did a lot of studying and a lot of trials and errors as well. Entrepreneurship is not a smooth road. It's always up and down, up and down. But when you figure out, you know, what are the keys that you need to unlock the success that you need, it's game over. What the three keys that I actually understood last year was number one, I need to know how to sell. Because I'm the one, I am the face of the business and people buy you before they buy your services or your products. So I need to make sure that I am the face of the business, that people trust me and that they see me as the leader of my business or my team. And then number two is having systems and processes in place. That is the number one thing that most entrepreneurs don't have, even from the start. They don't even know how to onboard their clients. They don't even know how to offboard clients or even just make sure that all your digital assets are organized. And number three is delegating. I tell you, I went live on my Facebook page. I think that was last week. And I told everyone that I was the worst client that my company has because I was doing everything and I was doing all of our social media stuff and that. I was even delegating the stuff for my business. I was the project manager. I was the HR. And now we have five project managers. We have support staff who are making sure the quality is there. And we have HR. We have marketing team for smart virtual staff. It was just a matter of me letting go because I was the one afraid of letting go of all the things that are in my business. I love that. One other thing as well is that I think a lot of entrepreneurs, and I think we all can agree on this, like sometimes it's very difficult to be able to let go of things and delegate tasks and realize like I can't do it all by myself. With that being said, talk to us a little bit about when it was time for you to kind of realize, okay, I need a team. There's no way I can do all of this by myself. One thing that I think a lot of entrepreneurs kind of bounce around in their head as well is, okay, I need a team, but these have to be the right people. I can't just bring anybody on here that wants to make money, you know, or wants to be a part of the vision. Like, I have to make sure they're a right fit. So once you establish, okay, it's time for me to have a team, talk to us. How are you able to decipher who the right people were for your team? versus who the wrong people were? That is a great question. So this is how we assessed before if these people are actually right for the for my team and also right for clients because we have a lot of clients and we want to make sure that these people also know the business that our clients has. So the one number one thing is that make sure that if you're having a team in your business or you know letting go of all of this stuff to your team, 
your team knows what your business is all about. They know your principles, they know your vision, and that they are actually have the right skills, you know, the passion to work with you and grow with your business. So a lot of people will just, oh, hey, can, can you do my logo? But then they wouldn't introduce what their business is all about to that person. It's about creating that relationship with these people and be a leader of this team because it is you who is running or it is, it is your boat. And these people are actually there for you to make sure that you have, your, you have the sailing right, you have the right paddles for your boat. So it's you who's running. And having a team is also training you for leadership. Uh, leadership leads to success as well. So to make sure that they're the right fit, ask them if you have the, if you have the same principles with them or if you have the same passion or do, are they interested to grow with your business. Can I ask a question? You made a point earlier about how you were like the worst client for your own business because you needed to do everything and do all that. And I think part of that is because we tend to treat our business as like our baby. Yes. Right? Obviously, no one is ever going to care about your business the way you do. Mm -hmm. So how do you even put yourself as a leader to start letting go of those certain aspects that have to be delegated? Because I know like that's something I struggled with you know, with our business, I think even with this podcast, we struggled a little bit getting it to the point where like, okay, how can we have other people start to take roles so it can make it easier? Because the crazy part is on the other side of it, everything has become like a ton easier. Mm -hmm. So what did you have to do as a business leader to just even be in a position to be okay with letting things go? Yes. It was really hard for me. As you know, I am well-rounded. I could edit a podcast. I could make graphics. I could set up Adobe or ClickFunnels. That I was with Greg. And for me, when I was that person in my business, I could set up my whole business. But then when it comes to facing the fact that I couldn't do this, I was overwhelmed. I had to let go. Letting go is really hard, but do it step by step. It's like, you have your kid of your own, what we see in the movies. I, have, I don't have a kid of my own yet. But when you have a kid of your own, it's, let's say it's your business. But you had to, for it to grow, you have to learn to let it go or to let the kid go and either go to college and make sure and trust the fact that when you learn to let go, it will grow as well and learn on its own. And take it step by step. So how I did it was I took it step by step. Although I know how to do things, the one thing that was taking my time was creating content for social media. So initially, I just have the graphics done first because I know it will take me a lot of time and have a creativity block for that. And then I did the email part, answering emails for me and all that. So those little things that I think I need to let go. And then it went from there. You know, I was more trusting. And even if they make mistakes, I make sure that I give feedback. And that's how you create trust from you making sure that your baby or your business is taken care of and making sure that people learn from it as well. It's like having your kid and when they make a mistake, you make sure that they learn from it as well. It's just the same with your business. So there are a lot of things that are involved with it. First step to letting go is just analyze or assess the little things that you think that are, you know, less likely for you to be 
paranoid about. Sometimes I'm paranoid when it comes to letting go, especially with my with our billings and all that stuff. Even my emails was hard to let go. What if they haven't responded on any email? So take the little steps and allow that business to grow from that baby to the college kid and make sure that it runs on its own. So you don't have to be burned out by your business. And that is the goal of being an entrepreneur. You're teaching today. <laughs> <laughs> you are teaching today. We, we do like to teach a little bit on this podcast. But then let's talk more so how entrepreneurs and how business owners can delegate various ways for them to delegate because I think that's the other part I actually think people are extremely unaware mm -hmm. of what can be done to make their life and business easier mm -hmm. so just talk to us a little bit about that what are the various things that people can delegate yeah I tell you I have a whole pdf I think it's 20 pages of things that you can delegate but I don't want to overwhelm you especially to the listeners you know if you could outsource your laundry you could outsource a lot of things to the Philippines number one is Take a paper or maybe in your phone, put in the can do and the can't do. So list down the things that you can do and then list down the things that you can't do. You know, list all the things that you're really good at and list down the things that you're really bad at. You have to admit it. We have one client, she was really bad at creating graphics. So she realized she has to delegate that thing. If you think you're really good at, let's say, setting or creating your emails, then list down on your can-do. So just make sure to put in the can-do and the can't-do's. All of your can't-do, you can outsource that. You can delegate that to your team. Because what you don't want to do as an entrepreneur is having all of those can't-do and taking courses of each of that. You can be spending all of your life as an entrepreneur learning all of the things that you can't actually do and you know that there are people who can do this for you. So let's go to your, your can-do. So that is the first step. The next step is identify your can-do. Yes, you are good at writing emails or maybe you're good at editing your videos. But are these taking a lot of your time? And I actually have a calculator. I'm actually creating a calculator. We call it the delegator die calculator. Write down your whole income for the year. Let's say it's $100,000. And then divide that to the, to the number of days and hours that you're currently working for your business. So let's say you're working eight hours per day. Or let's say the total is equals per hour is $50. I think the average pay in the Western countries are $50 per hour. So in your $50 per hour, you're spending three hours on just creating one social media graph. So that's $150 per hour that you're spending and actually not getting a lot of results. But how about those three hours you could be talking to a client or closing a deal for, let's say, $10,000 or a speaking engagement or even a podcast interview. Right now, as I'm having this podcast interview, my team are sending me updates on what has been done. It's a win situation. And it's amazing how you realize that your high dollar value tasks or when you're focusing on your business maneuvers and all those low dollar value tasks are being delegated. So even if you think that you can do it, that you're really good at it, just accept the fact that there are a lot of people that are better at it. And that when you start letting go of these things and focusing more on your business maneuvers, yeah, it's ending. It's a win for you. That is how you 
think of things that you can delegate, not only, you know, digital stuff, even for your personal stuff, like checking your emails or making sure that your calendar is well taken care of. Appointments are made or follow-ups being made to those who have scheduled their appointments. Wow. <laughs> yeah, she really is teaching today. <laughs> wow, can do versus can't do. That's powerful because I never thought of doing that before, you know, and as I was writing that down, I'm like, wow, like that's such a simple thing for us to do, you know, that we never think about doing these types of things and the good, what you're good at versus what you're bad at. And even like the goal income and things of that sort. So I have to ask this question. I think this will be, will be good for a lot of our listeners. Also, I'm really curious to know what your, what your outtake is on it. Now, let's say for someone who's listening and they are spending a lot of time into learning different things. Like let's say for instance, it could be digital marketing. And let's say it's one aspect of digital marketing that they're focusing on like Google AdWords. And they're spending so much time on that. They're getting to a point where they're feeling like, okay, I've put in so much into this. I'm going in, I'm, I'm, I'm trying different campaigns for ads, or I'm, I'm at least like reading different books, different articles, different blogs. And I just feel like this is kind of overwhelming me. How do you think an entrepreneur can measure at what point they're ready to take on a team? Because I feel like it has to come at a certain point where they know what they're doing to the point if their team comes to them, they can answer those questions efficiently. I actually answered that question from one of my clients. She was like, oh, I am in her program. I am in this program as well. I am doing this program. But then it ends up I'm not even doing anything. So here's the thing, or, and what's happening with a lot of entrepreneurs lately, even to me. I've been, I have a course graveyard. I call that course graveyard, freebie graveyard. I think I have you know, opted into a lot of freebies that I think that could change my business or had a core, uh, uh, a, a very expensive course, but haven't even taken, you know, any of it. And there's no harm to learning new things or being interested in learning new things. That is great, actually. So when you're trying to learn a new thing, or let's say you're learning Google ads or Facebook ads, say, so you already know the how. Okay, you've learned it. You know how. You know the what. You know your why, but you don't know the who, because the who is always missing. You can learn all of this stuff, but you need the who to implement all of the things that you have learned. So let's say that you've taken a digital marketing program. It says, this is what you do for social media. This is what you do for email campaigns. This is what you do for sales funnels and all that stuff that everything is around. You just get overwhelmed because when you come to think of it, oh my God, I'm going to do this alone. I'm just going to I'm going to do all the emails. I'm going to do the social media. That is where a team can come in. They will be your implementation team. An implementation team are the people that are skilled for specific areas. There are a lot of things involved, even in the ads. Someone should make your video. Someone should make your emails or your sales funnels. And not just, you know, not just, and you can even hire a Facebook ads manager to look at your ads as well. So when you're taking up courses, make sure that you're taking this up because you want you want to know how it actually works, why it works, and what 
what are the things involved? And you already know your who. So when you try to implement it, you're not doing it all alone. And that is where people are so overwhelmed. And the reason why a lot of entrepreneurs are stuck, they keep on attending conferences, but they're not actually implementing anything because, oh, I already know now social media marketing, but I don't know how to set up my funnels. So I need to take this course again. Oh, I need to. <laughs> and then they keep on doing that, doing that. They keep on knowing the how, but not actually knowing the who. How critical do you think it is because of the, the last bit of what you just said. So for an entrepreneur who, let, let's, let's use the, the digital marketing example again. For someone who they have this specific vision for their business and being able to help clientele with marketing, or since we're mostly around physical therapists, helping PTs get more patients into their clinic. And they're going through and they're, and they're learning these things. It's so important what you just said, how you, you went from talking about them being on Google ads, and then they're going to these conferences. They're trying to learn all this stuff. Now they don't know how to do funnels. They're like, oh, I need to go learn how to do funnels. How critical do you think it is, even if they're going to delegate those tasks, that they need to be able to have a general level of understanding for that specific task or niche. How critical do you think that is? So if you just have general understanding of, you know, how it works, then it is critical for you to, out, you know, outsource this task or delegate. The number one thing I recommend when you're going into a program is going for strategy or the principles. If you know that these things could be delegated or these things could be done by your team, then you don't need the tactical stuff. So tactical is where people actually show you how to do it, like how to create graphics, how to put up a PDF and all that stuff. So what would be great is for you to know the strategy because strategy is what you can outsource because it is within you because you are the one who knows your industry. You are the one who knows your campaign. So it is critical when you're already doing a lot of stuff and, you know, you're overwhelmed or piled up with all the house and you don't even have anything, you know, you can't even start because, oh, I still have to learn this. Let's say you're learning Facebook ads, then there comes up that, oh, you need to create an image. So where do you get an image that is perfect for Facebook ads or that is actually converting? Then you need a team already. So just make sure that you, when you're taking in a program, see the house or if it's technical, if it's a strategy program or if it's a principle-based program. Luis, you really are teaching. I just hope you know that. <laughs> you really, I'm over here. I'm writing notes, right? I'm writing notes. I'm here. Actually, how I do my discovery calls for my clients, yeah. like they would ask me, how do I do this and how do I do that? So I just need to tell them, this is how you do it. And I love actually teaching people you know about scaling their business and you know just growing their business with a whole team that they can they can have their back really quickly so and i want people to take note of this i think you're extremely successful and i know your team is amazing and phenomenal so you've been in business since 2060 correct so here we are in 2020 how much of that time do you think was spent learning all this stuff to where now you can be able to get out here? Because I don't know, in 2016, can you say that you could come out and be like, yeah, no, like this, 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 this? Or how much time did you spend learning so that you could actually get to the point where you're like, you know, confidently, I can do this? 
Actually, I spend every day learning. Even now today, I'm taking up courses or even just from my team. They actually teach me as well because there are a lot of things that I don't know. They actually just taught me today that you could set up Zoom where it could give you seven types of files that there is a different camera view. They could give you a gallery view. And I was so amazed. And the whole time from 2016 to 2020, I would spend like every day learning how things would work. And I learn best when I'm given a feedback. That is how I learned from Greg as well. When I started as a virtual assistant for him, we would go on this hour, like I would do stuff, and then I know that I made a mistake or it wasn't right. So he would go on Zoom with me and then he would teach me what mistake I had. Every day, I try to learn from my mistakes. So if there's a mistake or even if there are new things, Actually, you can't say that I tried to learn things from 2016 to 2017 and then made it to 2018, 2019 as a successful entrepreneur. You need to spend every day learning, even if you think that you're already successful. As for me, it's so funny how people would like say, oh, your business is so successful. I tell you, I still don't feel that I'm successful. I think I'm not even sure when I could say that I am successful, but I'm always grateful. So I'm always grateful that how we are serving people and entrepreneurs and how I was able to give opportunities to Filipinos here in the Philippines and, you know, getting jobs without even going, you know, without a lot of us haven't gone to college or finished college, but they were able to get jobs and are making twice as much as the ordinary Filipino. And that right there is a point I wanted to hit right? A couple of those things. One, because Carl and I read this book uh, by Ryan Holiday, Ego is the Enemy. And in there, like one of the key, key things was talking about how people can't even see to see how they get in their own way. And you mentioned something really important about how like, one, you learn best by feedback, but then two, your ability to own up to the mistakes and say, hey, teach me so I don't make that same mistake again. I think people need to hear this and then understand it kind of from your perspective, what it's even like to be at that point. So I think so many people make the mistake of like, if they make a mistake, they want to fix it, whatever, and do all this and this and that versus saying, hey, like, you know, I messed up. Because if I'm looking at it from Greg's perspective, even to this day, for some reason, like Greg intimidates me like a little bit, <laughs> a little bit, but more so from the fact that I just have so much respect. So for me, I'd be like, oh, I can't even see myself being like, yo, I messed up, <laughs> you know? So how do you as a leader, take that ownership and then how does that translate to the rest of your team yes there was a time i have to tell you this there was a time when i was i started working for greg and i sent out an email that wasn't supposed to be sent out right away and i told him greg i made a mistake please don't fire me or if you fire me it's okay i sent out an email it was i think it was this first mentoring monday i was really scared to death but then he, he corrected me and said that, okay, this is how we schedule an email and all this stuff. And with my team as well, sometimes I make a lot of mistakes too. Um, sometimes I, I ask them stuff or sometimes I even blame them for stuff that, oh, our client canceled and you didn't make this or this was your fault because you didn't do your job. But then I would admit that I'm sorry for lashing out on you. I think it was my mistake because I didn't review the call with their client or I didn't step up of that meeting and it reflects to them because they see me as a leader who actually accepts my mistakes or even broadcast it to them that I made a mistake and when they see that they're not afraid of me on you know accepting feedbacks from me 
or even just listening to me and my instructions, they trust me more actually when they see me that I'm also human, I make mistakes. And it's also good for them because they have practiced as well that if they make a mistake, they just make sure that it's me who, or it's either the project managers or me that they inform first. And it also applied to them when they make a mistake or let's say just making a mistake of changing the URLs or managing some things on social media, they would inform the client right away. And then that is where us being a solution-based team. So instead of doing the blame game, we make sure that we find a solution right away when we make a mistake. Either we would hop on a call with a client. That's like what I did with Greg when I first made a mistake from him. Like it was an outrageous mistake. And accepting your mistakes gives it, you know, more reason for people to trust you and knowing you're a leader and you're also human, something like that. So I want to ask you, I don't know how much of it you can really get into. For anyone who's listening, let's say they're just interested in doing like the same thing you're doing in another country. Like, let's say they have citizenship elsewhere, or I want you to understand like what you are doing is so amazing. It really is. To be able to build something and then put the people in your country in a position to be successful and not only do well for themselves, but do well than what's average or considered normal, like that's powerful. And I think that that's something that there are people who are going to listen and they're going to say like, you know, I would love to do something like back in my country or where I'm from. For those people, how would you, what, what advice would you give them in terms of being able to, to start something like smart virtual staff where they're from and, and being able to scale that business and build something like that? That is a really great question, uh, Carl. Actually, um, virtual assistants are all over the world. There are a lot of virtual assistants, even in the U.S., there are a lot of virtual assistants. And I do get a lot of questions. How do I even start as a virtual assistant? Or how do I even get my own agency? The number one thing is assess yourself first. What would you like to do? Or how would you be of service to others? Or how could you help others? So I taught, I think the first person that I taught to be a virtual assistant is my husband. My husband before was a call center agent. He would like do a lot of MLMs just to earn money, but it wasn't enough for, for him. So I taught him how to be a virtual assistant when I started my own as well. So I told him, hey, you could work online and just do this. So I asked him, what do you want to do or what do you love to do? So he told me that he loves listening to audio pieces or just, you know, he loves music. So he told me that. So I, we came up with, oh my, you could be a podcast editor because people are on podcasts right now. You know, my, my client is even doing podcast editing. So if you want to be a virtual assistant, the number one thing I advise to those who want to start it out is identify the skills that you have right now. Either you're good at graphics or you're good at editing or even just writing. Or if you think that you have none, you actually already have. You're good at general admin stuff and coding or data entry stuff. Or maybe you can ask your relative or someone who has business, what can I do for you? Just ask the person what you can do, what you can do for them. And if they tell you, um, you I think you could you know, clean up my email. You study or either you find something, if you're good at that, then learn how to clean up emails. And if you want to scale up, 
learn new skills and how I went from just a writer. I tell you, I didn't even know how to set up my own Gmail account or even set up, set up spreadsheets before. I don't even know Kajabi before. I never, it wasn't just, I knew it and then I came to this. I didn't know all those. If you want to be successful in this industry, you need to be teachable. You need to have an open mind to learn new stuff and you can be well-rounded. When you want to scale into the agency, Make sure you have that thought in your mind that if I set up an agency, this will open a lot of opportunities. It will open opportunities for your fellow countrymen. It will open opportunities for businesses as well. We actually have like business to business relationships. Our clients have clients as well. And then we, they are our clients as well. So it opens a lot of doors for you. So if you want to start, start with yourself first and then when you feel like you are having too many clients, it's time to sell a contract. So you hire your team, you know, people who you could train. I actually trained my, my sisters. So I have two sisters and they don't have work because it's hard to find a job here. So what I did was teach them how I do my own stuff. And then from then on, when I was getting a lot of clients, I would ha have them do all this stuff. And then we would go 50-50 with, what, I, with what, what my client would pay us so from and now they have their own you know they work as their own virtual assistants as well and that is the concept of from going to like solo solo or as an independent contractor or virtual assistant to scaling to a team as well now when it comes to first of all you know, before even that, i just want to say shout out to you for making sure everybody in your circle is taken care of <laughs> i think that that's important but now when it comes to you know just progressing and you did mention, you know, you teach people how to scale their business. So when it comes for you, like, I'll be honest, everybody wants a successful business. Everybody wants one. Nobody can out there tells me, nobody out there that has one can tell me that they don't want it to succeed. When it comes to scaling your business and how you view where you guys will be, maybe the next like five year or 10 year projection, right? How do you communicate that to your team? I tend to hear these stories about when uh, businesses start doing well and then they want to like grow more there tends to be issues because maybe people just don't see the vision. They don't see a baby the way you see a baby, right? They're not seeing that college grad the way you're seeing it. So how do you, as a leader, communicate your, your business vision at a very consistent level to make sure that everybody understands expectations, everybody understands where everything is going, and then they're also like still functioning at a very high level? I love that. Actually, that happened to me this year. What's so funny was this year, the business was starting to grow. Like we were seeing, I, Greg was amazed how the business was starting to grow. And it was like clients here and there, referrals here and there. And then my team was overwhelmed. And, and it was actually my fault that I miscommunicated with them. And then I realized communication, my vision should be communicated to them as well and making sure that they are on the loop of what, what is happening. And as they see that, oh my God, this business is growing. What about me? Why do I get a raise? Or why didn't I get into a higher position? So it was crazy that time. So it was really tough time for me. It was actually December to January. Then I realized that if I want to really grow this business as big as having a whole building, Something like that. That was my vision. Like I wanted a Google office, a Google-like office, if you've seen a Google office before. I wanted something like that. 
And if I really wanted to this to grow, I need to have them on board with my vision as well. So I did a meeting with them and I told them, this is what I'm doing. So if you think that I am not doing anything or I'm just sitting there and like, you know, handing you out all the client work, I'm actually trying to close more clients. And what I want is to have more people in our team, give more opportunities, at the same time growing as a company. Because I tell you from 2016 to 29 to 2018, only at the third to fourth quarter of 2019 was where I felt like this company is going up and nowhere down. And you know, I tend to forget to communicate that to them. And it was just me and me. And if you want to like grow your business, always have them in the loop. Update them as well. Communication is important. That is why lately we've been having team meetings. We make sure that they get updated on who our new clients are and who and what to expect in the next few days. So I actually told them about this podcast episode or like the podcast interview. I told them, hey, hey team, I'm, you know, I'm having a podcast uh, interview again today and then we should be seeing you know people looking at our services or people looking at my page it will be sent out to a lot of people as well people will be listening on who we are and what we do so they were very excited so that is, you know we goes back to having them on board with your vision and making sure that they also feel that they are growing with the business I love that I think that's such a critical part of leadership and as you were saying that like I was just sitting here thinking about just me and Paul you know we both have our own individual things that we work on and and, and ventures even with just thinking of the podcast you know that's something that I feel like we really try to make sure we do a good job of letting our team know letting our interns know this is what's going on um and and keeping them in the loop because I think that that's very important to keep people engaged because once they start feeling like they're not a part of something bigger or once they start to disengage they don't put in the same type of effort that they once put in my question to you is as a leader as your business is continuing to grow as you're continuing to target new goals and and make new relationships with uh different partners How are you able, in the midst of all of that, to make sure that you are working on yourself as a leader so that you're continuing to progress along as well? I think an important thing for a lot of entrepreneurs to understand and for them not to just listen to this episode and say, you know what, I'm going to go get a team. And it's like, wait, hold on. Like, Like, are you ready for a team? Because I think that that's a critical part of it is that you have to be the right person to be able to bring on a team. And it's not gonna be a good fit until you're able to do that. For me, I just wanna know how are you able, and for the listeners as well, how are you able to continuously get better and grow yourself through the process? I have to tell that before all of this happened or before even having Smart Virtual Staff team, I was a team player myself. I was a team member myself. And I made sure that if I am part of that team, I make sure that I am a great member or I do my part as well. Same with Greg. You know, we had a PT Builder team before I set up the Smart Virtual Staff team. And I made sure that I am part of, you know, uh, that PT Builder team. I do what I, uh, what, what I was asked to do. I made sure that I'm a team player 
I always update the whole team in, and sometimes, you know, take initiative to do stuff so that we could get, you know, everything done right away. So if you're someone, you know, who wants to have a, her, his or her whole team, make sure that you're also a great team member. You're a team player because you won't be a great leader if you are not one, you know, if you don't know how to play the game as a, as a member, then it will be hard for you to lead the game. I think that is where, why the best coaches were the, you know, the best players before because they know how to work with the team and they know what could go wrong, what could go right. You just hit it right there. The best coaches were the best players. Now, that's that's 100% true. And let me ask you one last question as well. When it comes to just being a business owner, what's the impact you want to leave on the world? I think, the, you know, the, the impact that I want to leave in the world is that just make that impact, actually. You know, I, what, before what I was after, it was actually earning a lot of money. And I was so focused on the dollar sign. But what I wasn't seeing is that how I was affecting other people's lives. And when I stopped my focus on the dollar sign or just hitting sales after sales after sales, and I focused on building people, whenever a team is onboarded and smart virtual staff, we make sure that you grow from from that VA to that VA. I'm not sure if you get the emphasis, but you know we have people who didn't even have that skills, but now are killing it. One person was, you know, we have PWDs or people with disabilities in the team. So we make sure that we build them as well. And when I focus on that mission, it just blew up. Because I wasn't so focused on hitting the sales or hitting the numbers. I was focused on serving more people. If you see it, you know, in this world, people are so focused on the money. People are so focused on the fame or success that puts into their name but they're not focused on the people that they serve. When I see our clients hitting that launch, I see them so happy that things are so done. That is the real reward for me. Money just follows. So, you know, legacy over money and just build your own legacy. And I want my legacy to be how I, you know, changed lives and how I build people. Because I want, because there are a lot of people that don't have jobs here in the world. And the number one thing that I saw was those people who didn't graduate college because they can't afford, or those people with disabilities. We have a lot of people with disabilities here that can't get jobs right away, even if they graduated college. I just have this, you know, theme that love serves. You know, if you want to love your business, serve your clients or be of service. Like if they need you at an ungodly hour like this, be with them. Just serve people and, you know, money, money follows because that is how your character is built up. And I always say that if you want to run your business, you know, people would buy you. So build your character, build your mission, build your principles with you as you build your business as well. I don't have anything else to say after that. I just feel like, I think, you know, I especially love this episode because I think, for me, I just keep thinking about like everything you've said is wrong true. You know, even with like my experience um working with your team, like it's been amazing for us because y'all make sure you take care of us at an extremely high level. Right? Yes. <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm a bit of a diva when it comes to like what I need done. 
So, you know, there's times where I'm just like, no, I need this to be perfect. This is this. But still, at the end of the day, like, you deliver at an extremely high level. You take care of us. You make sure we're okay. Like, every single week, somebody is literally checking in and saying, hey, is there anything we can do for you guys? Is there anything you need help with? Y'all's level of service is so extremely high. And that's why I know there is no limit to what can be achieved at Smart Virtual Staff. In addition to that, you're an amazing leader. You. You're a phenomenal leader. I, I mean, I'm sure. I was trained very well, but you know who. Let's not oh. call him right Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, The GOAT. <laughs> no, but like, I mean, I'm sure, you know, Carl, you can agree with this. Overall, like just even going through this episode, I mean, you've had a way of exemplifying that leadership quality and trait. And that's just how I see your team is so blessed to have you at the helm because not a lot of people tend to function at this high level where you're still so self-aware of who you are. You know exactly what it is you're trying to do, where you're trying to go, but still at the same time, right? It's crazy. Like, there's tons of people out there. They'll be like, they'll hit a level. They'll be like, all right, but you know, shout out to everybody that got me here, but now it's just me. No, you always, you're literally always giving credit back, you know, the people that brought you into the game. That's why I'm just saying, like, I think your team is very blessed to have you as their leader, just simply because everything you do just only ever gets better. No, and I'm not to the listeners. I'm not saying this just because like she's blessed my business tons of. I'm just saying this more so because like it's very prevalent. She cares, and I think that's the thing that's hit me the most that you care at an extremely high level, and because of that, we we are lucky to have you come and talk to us. <laughs> you know, we're lucky to have you come and talk to us. So I just wanted to share that with you, let the listeners know that y'all gotta gotta get hip to it this is why um the question then is so for those who have listened and they realize that they either need to delegate or their business will die where can they reach your team what are places that they can find your content so they can be able to scale their stuff yeah um they could just go to www.smartvirtualstaff.com and check us out if they need to book a discovery call with me then we have our booking calendar in there as well i do oh i always do discovery calls because i want to make sure we know how to take care of you first and we know where our team comes into your business first off louise thanks so much for making the time to hop on it is now 4 a.m over there <laughs> so <laughs> we we really appreciate you and and to kind of piggyback a little bit off of what paul said Yes, this entire time that we have been recording this, your leadership has spoken volumes because not once can I think of a time where you spoke more of yourself and lesser of your team. Like your team was always incorporated in it. Even thinking back to one of the very first things you said when we started recording was I almost gave up and it's just amazing to see what has come from you not giving up. And I think that's something that a lot of listeners need to also realize because we went from the beginning of the podcast where you said I was this close to, to giving up, you know, people were bad mouthing us um, in, in groups that we were a part of to now towards the end, talking about how you've been able to empower your team, how you've been able to take them along and, that's so important just because everyone needs to remember like this journey, this process is not easy and there's going to be those points where you want to give up. But I think when you don't, you're able to get to where you are right now. You're able to see that success. 
I think you're a phenomenal leader as well. And I'm not just saying that because of, you know, what you've, what you've done for Paul and, and me with the, the podcast, you know, and our beautiful logo that so many people love. But seriously, you know, you're amazing. Your team is amazing. Tell them their work is greatly appreciated. Your work is greatly appreciated. And we're just super grateful that you made the time to hop on this podcast. So thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome, you guys. You know that, you know, I was so excited every time, you know, an SSPT student or one of our students would have me interview. I, just, I think this is the first time, you guys are the first time from SSPT that had me on an interview, actually, because I don't think a lot of them know that I also speak for the healthcare professionals. And so it's an honor to be on the first episodes, like on the, the third one. I love talking to you guys. And my heart is really close with SSPT family because you know I've seen you all grow from from one person to like 400 now. So it's it's an honor as well. And you know, to the healthcare professionals listening, or to the future healthcare entrepreneurs listening right now, watch out for Paul and Carl. I'm sure they're going to be killing it. And make sure that you listen to the rest of the episodes as well because you know they've learned it from where I've learned it, and I'm I'm sure that they're going to get there as well. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you all for listening. Once again, you could have been anywhere, but you chose to be here listening to Off the Clock. So until next time, peace, many blessings, and we hope you guys have a good rest of your week. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Clock. This episode was brought to you by The Accepted System. The Accepted System is a program that helps pre-physical therapy students get into physical therapy school without wasting time or money. This episode was also brought to you by PhysioMemes. PhysioMemes helps PT businesses to increase their referrals through word of mouth marketing by growing their brand with an online store. PhysioMemes. This episode was also brought to you by the Acceptance Navigator series. Most pre-PT students go on to spend hundreds of dollars applying to multiple DPT programs, with the majority of them having less than 40% confidence that they will actually get accepted that cycle. You have been taught that regardless of all the work you put into applying, you really don't have much control over your acceptance into PT school. The truth is, you actually do. Let the Acceptance Navigator series show you how. You can find them at www.acceptancenavigator.com. When you go on there, make sure to let them know that Paul and Carl sent you over to jumpstart your acceptance into physical therapy school. Thank you for listening and keep tuning in.